0: And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Lakers weekend, everybody, and it's Lakerholic Spotlight. It's Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for your patience out there. Got a lot of comments waiting for us. We're glad that you actually stayed with us to go ahead and check us out on the air. It is truly appreciated. Plus, also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and, of course, Game Source as well. Joe Soro is lurking around as well. Poolside, you know he's commenting here. And also as well, LakersBall.com. Plus he owns a company as well, SimBlades. SimBlades with a Y.com. Also as well, as Laker Tom just disappeared, hopefully he will reappear. He is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. I know, I hope I didn't scare him, everyone. (laughs) Lakerholics.com. Great to have... There he is back. All right. He and Jamie Sweet go ahead and man everything that's going on today at Lakerholics.com. Plus, our good friend John McAlian on YouTube. He is streaming like crazy, so go ahead and follow what he's doing today at the John McAlian channel. And also, as well, speaking of subscribing, please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on When We Go Live, the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. We will have another episode I am recording later today with Stone Hanson. So hopefully you will join us for that. It's already scheduled, so go ahead and check that out. But please, subscribe today to get the latest notifications when when we go live with the latest Laker's Fast Break podcast. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, Lakerholics is back, Episode 7. Jamie is on the road going to Arizona, so I wish him safe travels. But a good man is here. He has returned to us. It is the original man right here Guy who's with us for so many years, including the early days here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. The man that's always trending on Twitter at Laker Tom. Oh, I'm sorry. X. Oh,
1: that's it's a
2: monster. Wow.
0: Yes. Whatever it is called. Yeah. See how far he gets through. Oh, career. Elon. Yes. Yeah, see, yeah, see how far he goes with that with the copyrights. It is Laker Tom. Laker Tom, great to have you here. Great to see Bronny James uh, in a recent, uh, I guess, uh, image today playing piano, and that he went out. So if people are still trying to question because you have to date mm-hmm. everything, like those old timestamps you had on those, like you know, overhead cameras that you had back when you were young, much younger. But yeah, it looks like you know, if all intents and purposes, he's doing much better, which is great to see. But Laker Tom. Great to have you here talking basketball once again.
2: Well, you know, before we even get into the basketball side of it, uh, for, those of the, for those of you who have followed me know that I had a double cardiac arrest four years ago, and uh, it's obviously quite different than, than having it happen when you're a young man like Bronny is, but um, And it's scary, but the thing that they say about it, and and this is something to really realize that, that you do need to make some changes with respect to athletes that your chances of you having a cardiac of living after having a cardiac arrest outside of the hospital is 90% or your chances of dying. So it's, it's really difficult situation. You have to have CPR right away and a defibrillator pretty quickly. In my case, it was my 16-year-old grandson who had just taken two CPR courses, who gave me nine minutes of CPR to save my life until they got there with a the defibrillator. Um, and so what what's going to happen with Bronny? probably is he's going to get a, a a CDI, which is basically a combination of a, of a pacemaker to keep the pulse of his heart the same and a defibrillator in case his heart has electrical problems, which is really what the whole issue is with cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest basically stops your heart. Whereas a heart attack basically is blood flow is interrupted to the heart. So there's a good chance Bronnie may have to sit out a year, but he he should be able to resume his career with no problems. And the good thing is that he is is these defibrillators will just stop it. They tell you, I haven't had it happen to me, but I've got one right in my my chest here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know they say it's like getting kicked in the chest if it goes off, but it will start your heart again. Um, Sean must have had as a as a emergency person. You must have had lots of situations where you used defibrillators on people and so forth.
1: Actually, so, uh, actually, Tom, um, the first call I ever did out west. You no, know, you go through you go through your training right, and you get mm-hmm. you finally get it. You're in the you're in the hot seat. It's your time to shine. So we get the call, and uh, I tell my partner George, who's six four, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's about uh, Joe's size. I could probably take him in a in a fist fight. George said, "Don't worry about the cardiac monitor, Sean. Just go in and assess the patient." I said, "No, George, we gotta. You know, I'm in training, right, Tom?" Okay. He's like, "No, don't worry about it. He's fine. He's talking." just talk to him. I'll get, I'll bring in the monitor later. Tom, this guy is white as a ghost. When I head into the door and uh, mm. his daughter and his, uh, his, uh, his wife are sitting there and I'm asking him questions. And in about a minute he drops. So I got to scream. George, get me the defibrillator. And in uh. about three minutes, it goes from three people being in the house to 12 because everybody knows what's going on at this mm-hmm. point. So that was my first experience, but yes, absolutely. And let me well, tell they you. Had a defibrill-
2: they had a defibrillator at the gym too.
1: Yeah. that's, which that's was
2: it. a really key thing because
1: hell yes. Yeah.
2: You no, know, it, it's so funny now, now
1: we don't even think later, about I'm
2: looking to move. And obviously how far from the hospital now has become part of that decision-making process. 100%. Yeah. But uh, it, this also affects the Lakers because there's no, there's chances are now that LeBron is going to take and finish out that player option because Bronny probably is not going to be going to the NBA yet. So it, yeah. has, it has impacts in the Lakers situation.
0: He might stay for two, three years. Uh, one of his USC teammates, uh, Vincent
2: Uchukwu, uh, had, had same thing similar.
0: Yeah. Said the same thing. They should have, similar.
2: they should have defibrillators in all of these gyms where these athletes have this type of problem with the electrical circuits in their hearts, um, and it's because of all the activity. And then, then you see the sad part about it, which is you have people like Elon Musk and the, the uh, the head doctor in, in, uh, Florida coming out and blaming this on, on getting COVID vaccines. We don't even know if he had the vaccine. No, he yeah. did. In 20, 2021, LeBron oh, said okay, yeah. he and his then entire he... family did get the vaccine. Okay. But um, just you got to politicize everything. It's really sad. But yes. thank God everything is, looks good for Lebronnie It's an important thing that he was able to be play the piano because that was the first thing. They told my wife that there was a 2% chance that I would recover. And they basically told her to let me go. But the recovery, basically, I was in a, they put me in a hypothermic coma for a week. So I was just totally out for a week, you know, and then slowly over a week, they basically brought me around. And then I went for like three weeks in a special program to just try to regain your facilities and your ability to to talk and so forth. Um, But it was probably 10 days before I even said a word. You know, so Bronny coming back and being able to play the piano, uh, even though he had passed out, I mean, that is a, just a great sign. So, you know, I think you'll end up getting, you know, you'll he'll, he'll just get one of these little pacemakers and they'll have to stop at the airport when he goes through and explain himself. But otherwise, you know, uh, thank God it's OK, you know, and uh, um, and it it could have little blessings for the Lakers, you know, make me a lot more likely to play out that player option, you know, and. We'll take it anywhere we can. Good news for the Lakers is always good news for Lakers past Break. I, I,
0: I, you'll forgive me, Tom, but I really don't want his son dropping dead. You know, in order for him to no. solidify a longer contract, you'll forgive me if well, I. Well, nobody didn't wants wish nobody a does cardiac arrest for his
2: son. So, you know, but the other side of this is too is that this type of thing happening could have a lot of causes, and at least now. He is going to go through an old battery of tests to see exactly what caused the problem, why his heart stopped. Um, and they may, you know, there have been lots of cases. We've had several players who, during just regular exams, were found life threatening situations that saved their lives. So medicine gets better, you know. And uh,
1: uh, we need to remember uh, a few years ago, uh, Mirza Teltovich for the, the Brooklyn Nets had. Uh had some clots in his lungs. And uh, if it wasn't for the quick thinking and observations made by the uh, Los Angeles Clippers uh, medical staff, he would have died. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They had been traveling for so long that uh, unfortunately that those DVTs man, just watch out for them. Everybody. If you're on a plane or that, make sure you get up and stretch your exercising because those clots all it takes is a, is a few seconds a few steps well i'll tell you what though we are praying
0: for a full recovery for Bronny james looking forward to seeing him back out on the court and hopefully that will lead to a long and illustrious career for him and that would be the best sign for for everyone out there and glad tom is around with us still fighting it with jamie sweet on the lakerholic side as we saw in recent days but once again we are back here with lakerholic spotlight episode seven truly appreciate you joining us and that's something i want to go ahead and ask tom i also have here today the madman from toronto the guy just that well he actually did get out of toronto traffic just to go ahead and join us today sean grice as well Tom, you know, it has been a source of discussion on over 10,000 articles relating to the Lakers and over 10 million podcasts seemingly in the past four weeks, and that is Christian Wood. Christian <clears throat> Wood is getting more airtime than he ever will in his entire life uh, because of the possibility that he can come to Lakers. I know it's been a debate among fans. Jamie is on one side. Then you have other people in the middle. Then you have Hugh on the other as far as, to what lengths we should go to get him on the team? I know that was a source of, of uh, heated discussion between you and Jamie. I know there was also a discussion out there amongst fans in regards to how aggressive we should get Christian Wood. You've also spoke highly, and as we said on the show ourselves, what Christian Wood, if it's in the right space, if it's the right Christian Wood, like Mo Bamba, the Mo Bamba on paper in Mo Bamba in theory, unfortunately looks a lot better than the Mo Bamba practice, but the Christian Wood that we've seen periodically over the course of the past few years has been someone that could mesh well with the Lakers offense. So tell me your thoughts on why you feel Christian Wood is a guy that you need to go ahead and make the extra effort to get on this team.
2: I want to preface what I'm going to say about Christian Wood by a couple of things is I just want to put to rest some misconceptions. Number one, Jared Vanderbilt. I like him a lot. I don't really want to get rid of him. I don't want to trade him. I would look to re-sign him. I think he's got a great future. Um, I think he's got three problems. Basically one he's not a good outside shooter. Secondly, he's doesn't have great hands. He fumbles the ball a lot when it gets passed to him when he's cutting. And third, he's turned into Ben Simmons when he's in the paint. He never goes up for a shot. He passes it out every time because he's afraid of getting it blocked. So he's lost his confidence totally on offense. Now, (laughs) counter that with the fact that the guy apparently has grown a couple of inches. I mean, he's a 23-year-old kid. How can he grow a couple inches? That's just amazing. But you look at the pictures, and he's definitely grown, and everybody's noticed it. And he's been working with Phil Handy, who, uh, if there's anybody on the Lakers coaching staff that I have a lot of confidence in Mm. to help develop a player's offensive skills, it's Phil Handy. So I I do like Vando, and and I have proposed in the past that if we couldn't get Christian Wood for the minimum, that I would be willing to trade Vanderbilt for him. Um, And the benefits of doing that are, first, you can you have to guarantee the first year of a three year contract, but that's all you have to do. The second year could be a team option, the third year could be a team option, or they could be a team option and player option, or they could be just for amounts that aren't guaranteed. But it gives you the ability to pay wood a little bit more so he doesn't feel like he's getting screwed. And most importantly, you get his bird rights, which means you can go over the cap and resign him for whatever negotiation you negotiate with him. Now, I wouldn't do that unless we couldn't get him unless he wasn't going to sign as a free agent, obviously, because you don't want to give up a valuable asset like Bando. But Wood, Wood is the third big gamble that we're making. We already got two gambles with, with, with guys who've got spotty records and Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish. Now, we've proven in the past that we can take guys who've, got some questions defensively, but have got some offensive skills. And we've shown with Malik Monk and and with Lonnie Walker that, that our staff knows how to rehab those guys and get them to be players who play at least within the confines of what our offensive game plan is and our defensive game plan. Um, sometimes if they don't play good enough defense, they don't get on the court because that's Darvin Ham's way of doing it. Um, but I think that my guess is that we won't, trade Bando for him okay and I'm hoping that that's because we're seeing great progress from Bando you know because he's at the facilities working out and so forth um but I do think that we would jump at him if he's a free agent and I and if he doesn't get an offer and there's a good chance he may not then I think it's a steal to get him um I just hate to see him turn into Malik Monk um but he's a shooter that we need because he's the kind of shooter that You put him out at the three-point card line, put him in a corner, and you can play four and four the rest of the game. It's that simple. And that's what you want. Four on four on on an NBA court. That gives LeBron James and Anthony Davis and any of the other players that advantage that they get from having spacing and and being able to take their man one-on-one. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Christian Woods. Is he guaranteed to work out? I hate guys that I mean, you saw me during the season all of a sudden say that I'd never wanted to see Dennis Schroeder in a Laker uniform again when he quit and just stood there and let that end of that game when he when he threw the ball away and, you know, we lost the game. That was probably wearing too much emotion on my sleeve, okay, because I, I generally tend to forgive guys and give guys second and third chances. But sometimes there are certain guys that you don't want to there's a whole characteristic. There's a whole character issue that you have to do with this team. And Christian Wood, where he may have pushed the boundaries too far, is refusing to go back into a game and, and refusing to take an order from the coach. That really bothers me a lot. So there's also this rumor that there's somebody in the Lakers organization who is a important player who doesn't want Christian Wood on the team. Um, the only guy who's played with him really is Anthony Davis. I don't think that's the situation. Anthony Davis wants to play the four still. And the team, apparently, if they're going to sign an extension with Anthony Davis, he is going to then become the marquee player of the team. And we went out and recruited nobody who was near LeBron's age. Every single player we signed was under 30 years old. So you know who they were signing those players for. They were signing them for the post-LeBron James era, period. You know. So... um, Christian Wood is a step in the right direction, I think. But I don't I, I think a bigger decision is gonna happen is is what's gonna happen in training camp and preseason, because we've got several big decisions to make. Are we gonna go with two bigs or are we gonna go with um Rui Hachimura as the small forward? That's basically the decision that'll be decided in training camp. So I'm all for Christian Wood. I hope we get him. If there's a chance that somebody else is going to offer him more, I would be willing to trade Vanderbilt for him.
1: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch the Tomorrow War before the Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like.
2: <laughs> well played, sir. Well played.
0: Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Laker Tom from Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out the number one Lakers blogger that's out there today at Lakerholics.com. Also here today, good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to give us a big shout-out here on Lakerholics Spotlight. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Going back with, you know, fourth with, with Joe Soro, who's eating gluten-free food at the Cheesecake Factory. did you already do your hot yoga for today
1: yes yeah we were supposed to go to the zoo too but it was raining so we had to cancel that
0: what is rain i don't remember that oh you don't remember that yeah
1: not here
2: (laughs) here yeah i'm in vegas right now
0: it's about 114, 150. Oh, oh,
2: how many off. days have you had 100 and over 100 or 110 or what are you? Well, you measure? the
0: amazing thing is, we went 300 days straight without a 100 degree temperature, and mm. since then we've gone at what 25, I think, something like that 20 to 25, I think, in that range. Yeah, it's actually cooled down a couple degrees. It was the highest, mm. like 116, 117. I think it's Have you seen the sphere? Hey, oh,
2: have yeah. Is yeah, it really I, that amazing. It is.
0: Actually, I have a video on this channel, the YouTube channel that's down below if you oh. want to check
2: it out. I'll check it out, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, and, and then um uh, it's actually garnered over 150,000 views, I think combined between the two channels I have as far wow. as it's concerned. So, yeah, Sphere's been amazing. Uh it's actually a very cool. I think people are still waiting for it to become a death star. So, that's uh, that thing. <laughs> they got to talk to Disney about that one. But um sean let me ask you this before i bring it over to laker tom your thoughts on christian wood have they changed and how realistic you said you said you're losing hope that christian wood will become a member of the lakers
1: you know i am uh it seems day by day gerald that uh the longer this goes on i think the less likely it is that palinka kind of still has the contract out there and it's valid. I think he might just pull it at some point because um as you said Gerald, um you've mentioned it others have mentioned it. Um you know, teams like the Jazz, the Thunder, the Spurs, uh there are a couple teams in the east have uh they have an oversupply of bigs basically. Let's just say that. There might be a world where a few pretty good front court players go on the waiver wire. Now, as Gerald has mentioned in the past, it's unlikely that Lakers would be in a position to claim any one of these pretty good players on waivers just due to the fact that they made the playoffs. They had a pick in the 20s. And as we know, the waiver wire goes by who finished last last season. Oh yeah, a Detroit and Orlando.
2: No, you know, they you, would yeah. pick
1: them up immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if, Dero- if they're
2: cheap, if they're cheap, that's the problem. If, if they're cheap, yeah. But if, they,
1: if they've got a contract of
2: five million, then they're going to probably be a minimum contract players. They're probably going to go through waivers.
1: Pascue in OKC. You know the uh, Poku Pokushevsky will not go. You know, through,
0: will not go through waivers.
1: I don't. I don't think somebody like no, guys like Bertans will go through waivers. Um, oh
2: yeah, Bertans will go. Through. Will, there's a couple yeah, of kids. There's a couple of kids
1: in, on on uh, the funder.
2: There's a center. Um, is it Sar or uh, what is his name?
0: Well, let me look it up right now because again, Pokushevsky is yeah, the one that I would. Yeah. I would. Hope and that, and
1: the the Spurs the Spurs have decisions to make they've got Jeremy Sohan they've got Keldon Johnson they've got Wemby uh they're gonna have to try and find a way to either trade Sandro Mamou Kalashvili who's a very good player by the way he's okay. a very good big he doesn't get he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time with the Spurs but this is what happens when you're when you go to a platoon organization you Olivier Sar, by the way. Yeah, Sarr, so Olivier yeah. Sar. That's what's yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah, there's another guy, Sar. So I, I, I honestly think Gerald, if uh, if Rob uh, is able to be opportunistic on the waiver wire, or uh, look, he's got a relationship with Danny Ainge. He's got a relationship with um, Sam Presti. Uh, I think and that really a, that
2: really matters, Sean. You're right about that. That's important. Yeah.
1: So he's he's been able to forge like relationships with uh, with executives with a good track record. We have to give him credit for that. So if there's a point in time where like you have to um, assert yourself, Gerald, and and solidify that backup center position, he's got the tools, and there are teams that need that need to get off certain players because as as Gerald has said a lot of these teams that draft well it it comes at a price because if you have too much of a good thing you can't keep all of it Well, the the perfect example is the Thunder
2: you know you look at this problem that they have right now you're absolutely right Sean and that is a great point man they're going to have that problem going forward because they have too many picks Thirty-five over the next five years. I mean that
0: thirty-five seven over five. seven seven years. Sorry. So that's
2: five picks a year. Five first-round picks a year. No, no. Uh, they're thirty-five five, total. Five. Thirty-five
0: okay. total. Twenty. Yeah, but, uh, tw- but Tom Tom's seconds, right. 15, 15 I I think they got one
1: seconds. year where they do have like five. They got their own. They have got one from the Clippers. They got one from the Heat. They've got one from. I think uh, a, a trade. You, they were involved. you know yeah. what they should have done? They should have offered. They should have offered ten picks for Wemby. I swear to
2: God, that would. I mean, I would have loved to have seen how they deal with that or seven. I mean, there's got to be some mathematical, analytical calculation that you can make that says this is exactly how many picks a LeBron James or a, a Michael Jordan is worth in the first round pick. Yeah, but again, you, you, <clears throat> if
0: you're Sam Presti, it's a a myriad of riches you're going to be either making trades or you're going to try the the tricky part is finding out of all these players the well the best
2: 15 players
0: they may not hold for
2: anybody they may they may just willow down and take the best five or seven that they end up with at the end of that because that's five or seven out of 90 picks you know because if you if you include the players
0: now they are on the roster, that's about 50 players total. So you're trying to find the best 15 out of all those picks over the next seven years. That is the that's the that's the hard part, or and you're not you gonna get it,
2: you're gonna let some good ones go because you missed.
0: Yeah, and, and you're you can not yet. Yeah, you're not gonna be right on everyone, but you're hoping for at least like an 80-90 percent ratio, or you're going to go ahead and package some of these guys into a trade for maybe a player that you can get from another team that can help you get closer to what you want to do right away. So that's those are the uh, benefits. I believe me, I would rather have that problem than some of these other yeah, teams right. that have depleted a problem to have. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this, Laker Tom. About four years ago,
2: wait uh, one 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 thing I want to clarify with Sean there okay. uh, because I thought I thought Sean made a great point. What I gathered from everything that you said, which sort of matches what my opinion is, and I'm asking if you think the same way, I think that what Rob is waiting for is not necessarily just wood. I think that if he had a shot at Bertans at the minimum con- minimum salary or uh, something like that, that he would probably jump at that. Because imagine putting that guy in the corner, you put him pretends in the corner and you're going to play four and four the rest of the game.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree, Tom. I so, and, Or there's SAR that if you get a kid yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, but unfortunately, on the opposite end, it also works that way as well with him on the defensive end. So, right. yeah. 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 There, there's a reason why he hasn't been well, able to. But to the
2: that's, that's the big thing that we're I just wrote a post in, in LakerHolics.com addressing the whole issue of since LeBron really is a power forward, if Rui's going to start, Rui is going to be the small forward. Now, six foot eight, two hundred forty five pound Rui running around screens—that's going to be fun. Can he Not do it? Not for him. Not for him. Maybe, maybe. What what I think he can do to help is that he's got great length, and that so he can back off of guys a little bit, so he doesn't have to get beat as quickly. But the thing is that he can go to the other end of the court, and he's become very good at being posting up underneath the basket. He can go to the other end of the court and punish him. Because that's what that's what it comes down to with these matchups. You're going to have a defender, a guy who can't defend. But I mean, nobody's nobody's questioning that you're going to be better off if you got Kyrie Irving on the team because he's going to score more than he's going to give up. It's that simple, you know. He's just going to score more than he's going to give up nine out of ten games, and Rui could be that type of guy. But that's that's it's going to be a fun training camp and it's going to be a fun preseason. So.
0: Back in January of 2020, I spoke to you on this and I enlightened you first on Christian Wood when you and I were going back and forth with your infinite love for Jared Dudley as the best 15th man in the NBA. And I had uh, actually had to correct you. And I said, There's this guy in Detroit called Christian Wood that uh, I thought had a lot of promise. And, you know, in some ways he has filled it. He's fulfilled it because he's earned $45 million over his career. He's had two seasons where he's averaged either close to or had a triple-double in the league. Uh, not triple-double, excuse me, double-double in the league. Right. And and he's actually performed well at times. But like you said, attitude problems. Uh, there's other issues with other players, coaches, the like, that have not endeared him to the situation. But as we saw this summer with Cam Whitmore, where cam whitmore has supposedly had terrible interviews was a malcontent at uh, you know his previous at, at the university that he was with just really just not someone that could get along with other players and coaches at, you know maybe that and, and the physicals caused him to slide a dramatic slide down to pick number 20 which as you saw tom already was a mistake seeing how well he played in the summer league being the summer league mvp could people be? But it is swimming? summer
2: league, Gerald, as we know.
0: It is summer league, and you can only it's take not so a not a league.
2: standard that.
0: No, and and really Quint, Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore is not going to be playing thirty minutes a game right Caleb, off the
1: bat. Caleb Swanigan was once a a first <laughs> uh, summer league uh, selection, and. Um, he was beside josh
0: selby is the perfect
1: example yeah gerald brings up josh selby yeah that's another yeah, good but, one. Uh,
0: but again cam whitmore looks like he's going to be probably a player in this league at least well, yeah i, I, I wish i wish the
2: lakers had taken him instead of uh jhs, well, JHS. as
0: as do we but the thing i'm trying to correlate mm-hmm. this to is christian wood you know, people are overlooking him at this point. Teams are overlooking him. Teams have overlooked him through this entire free agency process to now where there's limited choices and very limited options for him to go to. It's because nobody so, wants that kind of guy on their team. So let me ask you this. He now realizes that there's some issues. Could he take the next location where he goes to, which may be the Lakers and what he can bring in and, and, you realize that you know what this could be my very last stop in the NBA if I don't get my act together.
2: Sure. Hopefully, hopefully he would. Hopefully, hopefully every one of those players who's had problems at the previous place was where they are. They get a chance for a fresh start, and and this is where I think that one of the things that really makes sense. You know, there was a recent article where Jeannie was talking about how everybody's on the same page, and it's interesting that she said. It's Rob, me, and it's Darwin Ham, and it's Jesse and and Joey, you know. He said, we're all on the same page, and so everybody's doing things, and that was one of the things that her father really always emphasized. Well, this player development-oriented coaching staff, with all of these young players, we've never had a combination like that. And what that promises is development during the year players getting better during the year, not just because they play more with and get more comfortable with their teammates and develop chemistry, but because they develop individually better because they are getting development skills and so forth. And so I'm not afraid that we've got cam reddish, that we've got Jackson that we've got that we could get Christian Wood. I mean, yeah, all three of them are a little bit of lightning in a bottle. And what's the worst that can happen? You're waived. You know, they're not kind of, Darwin Ham, LeBron James, they're not going to be wild cannons that they might have been when they're playing for the Houston Rockets and, you know, and teams like that. There's a big difference when you come to the Lakers. And I think that the Lakers, because of the type of coaching staff that they have and the type of superstars that they have, and I think the type of players that they put together, the peer pressure that comes from being part of the team and doing everything that's asked of everybody that you have to play two ways or you're not on his team. I think that those are things that give us confidence that we can do that. That's why I'm not afraid of Christian Wood or any of those three guys. They are really truthfully low-risk, high-reward players.
0: Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Lakerholic Spotlight, Episode 7. I'm here with Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at lakerholics.com. He, at the end of the show, will tell you what he's been working on and why you need to check out LakerHolics.com. Big shout out to Jamie Sweet, normally in the hosting chair. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Hopefully he's having a great time in Arizona. And of course, Joe Sho- Joe Sorrel, Big shout out to him doing hot yoga at the Cheesecake Factory. But Sean, I want to ask you this. <sighs> it, it's an inside joke, Tom, but uh, with our with our great audience, the best Lakers chat room that's out mm-hmm. there, the Lakers Fast Break. Let me ask you this, Sean, though, when it comes to uh, Christian Wood, the thing is, what does, okay, the theory of Christian Wood hopefully will not be the theory of Mo Bamba as we Mm -hmm. saw in the practice. What do you believe in practice Christian Wood can bring and do you think he can go ahead and be a better lineup fit than Rui or Vandum?
1: So to answer the 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 latter part of that question, first Gerald. Yes, there's a there's an obvious balance he provides, because he's he's going to be the starting center of the Lakers if he signs with them. It's that's written in the written in the stars already. He'd be the starting center, and then Hayes would 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 be the backup. And uh, I think LeBron, Rui, and Vando have all shown themselves that they could play spot minutes at center if it's required based on matchups or. Uh, Injuries during a game, or what have you, any any other circumstances. So I think he provides a natural fit from like an on-court skill set. Now, like we said, it's a different practice when they actually start playing together. You know, there were there were whispers that uh, somebody had claimed that a Lakers uh, Lakers star player had uh, had reservations let's say about whether or not Wood would uh now we all know who said it and we all know who put it out there and the only player who would have knowledge like that is anthony davis because anthony was in new orleans at the same time that they brought in christian wood so gerald i gotta be honest um we've talked about this in the past of all the superstars in the NBA, Anthony Davis is the most low maintenance of them all. Doesn't really want attention. Doesn't ask for it. Doesn't really seek it. Um, even when his name is mentioned in rumors on on ESPN, World Star Hip Hop, whatever the source may be, he doesn't respond to them. Um, I have a feeling that if this was so important, and if he really wanted to, he could have put his name on that particular uh rumor, but he didn't. So I I take it with a grain of salt. Um,
2: the Lakers think, wouldn't be looking for Wood at all if
1: if he yeah.
2: or LeBron had. I've I've mentioned I, that I'd before. Times, yeah, to, they have to endorse that. They would. They, they were they thinking would. of going after Christian Wood. What do you guys think? They oh, would. I don't want to
1: they, okay, they have, to, have to just just tom and i brought that up too tom just based on his past history with behavioral issues or what have you they'd have he to, to be there anyway but what,
0: but looking <laughs> no, at it from jamie's sweet side because that's the major issue on lakerholics.com when you first brought that up and also on, on no, my issue Twitter.
2: wasn't my issue wasn't that because i can understand anybody not wanting christian wood but that was that was Jamie's side of the equation. No, my, I know that was we, Jamie's we, side, but we the went, fight between Jamie and I him, wasn't over that. Yeah. that my we, fight got was him, we got him
1: we got him to we got him down to though he'd he'd be willing to be on board with it for a vet min. Cause like yeah. like Tom has said, the the point of the end of the bench is he brings right something here. that we really yeah. lack. Yeah, it's a go
2: to uh, scorer. It's... A go-to scorer who shoots high percentage from all three levels. Now, we got defense, guys. We defensively, it's nice a whole
1: that. other issue with him. I think you really have to figure out uh, who plays beside him um, for you know <laughs> Anthony those, Davis is the yeah, answer. Yeah, those those ten. You got to cover him minutes. defensively. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if a four or
2: five, if you put him on whichever big man is the easiest for him to cover, and so so that AD can
1: roam and. Because Jared I, I Vander Jared Vanderbilt off the bench is a natural fit beside Christian Wood. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'd rather I'd rather play eighty or eighty or Vando's got to be right next to him. Yes. Well, the
0: reason why though, weeks ago, unless they trade
2: Vando for him, of course.
0: Even before anybody else Good was point. putting on the spot, even before anybody put his name out there, I was the first one giving a shout out to Christian Wood because of Well, not you, only had the fact, trade, you had
2: the trade of the century, Gerald. Why do not you reach Gerald that called first? it? Yeah, Jared but I'm, I'm
0: talking about, uh, yeah, that one too. But I'm talking about, it, you know, coming up on free agency, why Christian Wood would be a good fit for the Lakers is because of the fact that Christian Wood, yes, he does fit alongside AD as far as the theory of Christian Wood because of what he can do, what he can bring, the defensive lapses and the defensive rating, which, you know, as we see in the numbers is not as bad as Gabe Vincent or not as bad as Cam Reddish. And not as bad as Torrey and Prince. Those guys he still blocks a- over one
2: shot per game in the last four years. Yeah,
0: so it's not he doesn't have as bad defensive rating as those guys. Those are the guys that you brought in. Keep looking into that perimeter. But the reason why I was thinking of him as an option is because of the fact, like Tom says, he has a ability to score three levels. Not as much as when he's playing with LeBron and AD, but when LeBron and A D are out of the ball game. When LeBron and AD are not playing in the game, and you got to remember everyone out there that we probably combined, even if everything goes well for the Lakers, you're talking about 30 games missed combined for LeBron and AD. 15 a pop is probably a relatively, I guess, reasonable number of games combined for those two The missed if they don't have any bumps in the road as far as major injuries are concerned. So you need someone to go in there that can fill the gap. You can automatic double-double double for
2: that purposes.
0: Exactly. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. he did the same thing in Dallas where he did average a double double when he was starting a gamester for Dallas last year. You saw he averaged a double double legitimately across the board for Houston. So these are the things that he can do for you in his place. Does it lead to winning in those games when you have a LeBron AD out out of the ball game? I understand Jamie's point and saying no, it hasn't. I understand that, but you need someone to fill out the scoreboard for mm-hmm. you to fill up the scorecard. As far as being able to provide you these things when they're out of the ball game, do they give you exactly? Does he give you exactly what LeBron and AD does when they're when they're in the ball game? No, but how many well, we people that are things out there? that they
2: can't do? You know, yeah. one of the, one of the problems we have right now is who do you give the ball to at the end of the game?
0: AD can't well, get
2: in position so that somebody can get the ball to him. But LeBron, I don't see LeBron is going to get doubled, most likely um, any and you don't want LeBron settling for jumpers. We don't have anybody that we can give the ball to clear the side and say, go get us a good high percentage shot and make it. And that's but I don't good. see
0: wood as someone that you could bring in that you should expect on playing crunch time unless he's really having a break. Oh, season. I know. I, I think, think it's, or, uh, it's or the playoffs. I don't. Ex- this is a regular season. Let's fill out the stats. Let's get ourselves to a 50 win team by providing you with depth type type move. That's what it is for me. That's what I think he can do and that's what Well, but I think, but I think do. you also have If he have gives to you it. more than that, he's, he's the gives- only
2: guy on the team who can really take a person on one on one. I mean, you can post him up. He's a great post up shooter. He's a great he can dunk. If he's a great three point shooter. I mean, there's he's a higher percentage closer than anybody else. And you have him in the game the first thing you've got is again four on four for lebron and ad they're playing four on four if you've got christian wood out there because we haven't had anybody who has the gravity that he has that attracts defenders to especially beyond the three point line
0: we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Again, like I said, though, I think that the expectations for bringing in Wood should be, okay, he's going to really help you in the regular season. He's going to help you in the uh, late first quarter, second quarter, that type of deal. He could start. He could be someone that could give you starting at the very least. He could be someone that you could fill in there when LeBron and AD are out. At the very best, he could be someone that could be a full-time starter going forward that you can utilize. Sounds like he's really worth a lot to... more than the minimum. Yeah, he if in theory he is, but there's a reason why he is not. That's re- or reason why that he is be you know may have to get the minimum is just because of the fact he's had such a he's burned every bridge that he can, and that's the difference that that you and and Jamie were having. Not just the fact that you guys were going at it. Then it got got a little bit, uh, obviously, a little bit uh, different between you and him. And, uh, you know, as far as your ideals and that and it got a little bit uglier from there. I mean, you know, when you saw the comments that were made by Jamie, when you saw the things that he was saying, I understand that obviously it got heated. But you understand from his perspective how he felt about Christian Wood and about him being part of the Lakers.
2: Yeah, but, you know. That's like the way everybody felt about Rondo before he joined the team and the way everybody felt about, you know, I mean, it's the way everybody felt about everybody who joined the team. Rodman, you know, you go down the list of the guys. Who, who, yeah, that you, I don't ever want to see that guy wearing purple and gold. People change. Christian Wood, I think you're exactly right, Gerald, when you inferred that a Christian might be at the, one of those points that all of us at some point in our life reach where you say man what have I been doing this is not working I better I better wake up and and see the see what's happening with my life and everybody 28 me an offer more than minimum are you kidding me for
0: a guy that's hitting 28
2: and seven rebounds and you know etc etc etc
0: for like I said, for a guy that's hitting twenty-eight for his prime, for his NBA prime, that right. he's not able, to, his you know his availability and his the people desiring him have gone to a minimum. That's kind of a bad sign. So if that isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. Uh, for Mo Bamba, he better get a wake-up call because he's now in Philadelphia on a minimum. So he better go ahead and understand what he needs to do. To get and and as I think it was
2: brought up very aptly, there is a huge stigma. For a player to accept the minimum contract mm-hmm. when you've been paid more, because it's rare that somebody like Dennis Schroeder or Malik Monk—it's rare for anybody who's gone down to a minimum contract to be able to bounce up. Now, Monk, I think we had a five million dollar contract, so he yeah. was—it was not not a total minimum, but boy, it, it, you know, Schroeder, Schroeder bounced back and he got the thirteen million dollar contract per year. Off of the minimum, but that's a hard that's a hard nut to take for a lot of guys because they know that they know that everybody's going to look at them as a minimum contract guy until they really they unless they have a super breakout year.
0: Unless they're on Phoenix, when all they are is you know outside of four guys, there
2: are minimums.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, they're yeah. they're gambling. They did the only gamble they could make. Because, they're
0: ring chasing.
2: Yeah, they're ring mm-hmm. chasing. So let's get the guys at the. Uh, I think that's what people don't realize when you look at the Lakers, the age of the Lakers roster. Rob rebuilt the roster on the fly. As we approach LeBron's exit as a Laker potentially, and he did it with nothing but young players. How the hell did he do that? That's miraculous, man. It is a great job so
0: far by Rob. We'll see again. I, I've We picked a part over the past week each and every one of the new signings magic man uh, i know laker tom has gone into detail about them as well i've pointed out the good and i've also pointed out the not so good with each and every one of those signings and so overall i still think the lakers did provide themselves some depth but they do all need to go ahead and play better defensively that's the one thing i ma- that matters most i know we talk about christian wood in his defensive rating but as I mentioned, Sean, over the course of the past week, three of the four individuals that the Lakers sign have a worse defensive rating than Christian Wood.
2: Yeah, but yes. defensive ratings out between teams are defensive ratings are fine to look at within a team. They'll give you the relative defensive ability. You need
1: a magnifying glass to really understand. But
2: if you want to compare them with different teams, it's like you really are comparing oranges, apples, and apricots.
0: But let's say Gabe Vincent is a 115 in his last
2: season at Miami. Nobody's going to say that Gabe Vincent's not a better defender than uh, than Christian Wood. Well,
0: I'm just telling you what the statistics bear out right now. His yes, last you know. season was a, his last season, he took a nosedive in his last season in Miami. Now, mind you, what he, he'll bring to the Lakers, if, he'll be, if he has he the played same... A lot, he played a lot
2: more minutes and the team didn't have a good regular season.
0: Well, and, but again, <laughs> if he that's... plays like he plays in the playoffs and he gives you yep. that kind of mentality, obviously there could be a chance that he could mm-hmm. eventually supplant D'Lo if D'Angelo does not play a little bit more refined and and... Play a little bit better on both sides of the ball during the course of the season. That could be something that's a reality for the Lakers. We'll have to wait and see. But I think, John, I think
2: when, we're going to see DLO have a great year.
0: Uh, yeah. This is a, To me, as, as I said before, DeAndre, for, for this is the season where we find out whether he's still an NBA starter or he's a guy that yeah. deserves to be coming off the bench. We just find yeah. that out if it, that's going to be to this is the year that's going to dictate the rest of what his career will look like. That's for sure. Yeah. But Sean, your thoughts on Wood, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, it's our last few minutes in regards to Christian Wood, obviously he's still a source of much conversation. Again, all the shows out there, all the articles are still writing about Christian Wood. All the podcasts are out there. Christian Wood this, Christian Wood that. I told Kurt we would go ahead and stay away from Christian Wood for a few days until Laker Tom had a chance to speak <laughs> about Christian yeah. Wood. So we have done that. But Christian Wood... Again, he checks a lot of boxes in theory. Do you think? Again, as you said, it can happen for the Lakers.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I. Great, great question, Cheryl. I think. Uh, so first of all, I don't. I don't think uh, he's going to sign with the Lakers. I think. I. I again, something just tells me he. They're waiting. They're waiting it out. So somebody waves somebody. They open up a little bit more cap space, and they convince themselves that if they send Christian Wood, it's going to benefit another team, guaranteed. I don't think he's going to sign with us, but again, the fit is there. It's not. That's not. I'm not questioning that. As far as him on the court with his skill set, what he can do, it's everything peripheral with him. That's. That's everything outside of what he can do on the court is an issue. And that's a problem too, Gerald, when you haven't been able to to consistently uh, make a home somewhere, it says a lot about your employment status, doesn't it? What's going on? What's going on? Does he not work well with others? uh, Is he disagreeable uh, with the coaches more so than his actual peers? like there are a myriad of issues that go on with these conversations and it's it has nothing to do with what he can do on the court he is a very capable nba player uh it's just his attitude and i think his attitude uh ultimately will be why uh what prevents him from ever being on a contending team i will
0: ask this before we head on out um, I mean, you've, you've also spoken about the other options for the Lakers at 14th and 15th slots. A, do you think they're going to go ahead and eventually fill those 14th and 15th slots? Will they do it with a player outside the organization or will they do it with Castleton or Moy Hodge? Because they did they did bump up Alex Fudge from an Exhibit 10 to a two-way contract, leaving the Lakers with three. And that they either have to do one thing or the other. They either have to fill up the 15 slots in order to keep the three two-ways, or they have to do something with those two-way
2: contracts. I think they're going to get wood on a minimum contract. Okay. Um, um, and I think that's just because what we saw with, just like what happened in the draft. The, this is a copycat league, man, and when people start to get scared of a guy, it it spreads like a plague, you know, and nobody wants to take a chance. Nobody wants to be the fool that, you know, that gave him his fifth chance, you know, to do it. Um, As for the – I don't think Castleton's ready yet to be boosted up, but I think that the 15th player could very well end up being Dodge.
0: Castleton – okay, you were in love with Castleton that first weekend, and I was like, well, let's just hold on. No, but that's because I –
2: once you get Wood and and you've got you've got uh, Hayes, I think you're really well covered at the center spot. You've got you've got the stretch four and the, and the traditional four. You've got two big bodies to to back it up, and, and Castleton basically just needs another year. I think he's a great prospect, and I think he'll get a contract down the road. But the guy who really impresses me in this position that we're now weakest in, if we got Wood, was going to be the shooting guard position. We are counting a lot on Christie really coming through. And Dodge has both credentials as a defensive player and a three-point shooter. So he shot 40% and added two and a half steals a game. And everything I've seen on this court from him tells me that he is exactly what they need as a 15th player. That's how I see it. I'll
0: tell you what, though, looking forward to seeing what the options are. Magic, man, do you have any options for the 14th or 15th player? Do you you say no on Christian Wood that he's probably not going to make it to the Lakers? So what will the Lakers do with that 14th or 15th option?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, to, uh, to Tom's uh, observations about the situation with Wood, I think, are correct from the optics and, like, from a personnel Point of view, so I, I, I it wouldn't shock me again if it's probably 50 50 as far as I, yeah, if he judgment, I, shot. I could it's not like it's one way or the other, Gerald. I think the our scouting staff hit uh, hit another home run. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching more Demoy Hodge uh tape from well, after his they hit a couple singles in the first yeah. and
0: second round from,
1: yes. from college. They, they're, they're, I would
2: have switched those picks around, man. I mean, I know they. I know they took these guys because they were five-year college guys who were 23 and 24, and they could help right away. But, man, I mean. Because I, him, think, I think,
1: Gerald, it's it's obvious Hodge can make the open shot. Like, he's, yeah. he's proven it in college, and he's proven it in summer league. He's, he's going to prove it. His height, though. I, his high I understand that might be a, a small deterrent, but, but Gerald, few, he is six, a three. kid. He is six a three. capable NBA defender. They say though. six four, but
0: he does not. I saw him live twice. Mm-hmm. He does not look six four. If he gets a little, know,
1: st- if he gets a little stronger, I think. The big Darryl- difference between a six three guard who
2: can play guard up, and a six one guard who
1: can't guard up.
2: That's like a four or five inch difference, mm-hmm. in reality. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm so tired as as all of you are of watching our shooting guards and small forwards getting shot over, you know,
1: it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's like the other, the other thing the I like about voice. him, Go the ahead, other Sean. thing I like about him, Gerald, is he makes a simple pass. Yep. He's not useless with the ball in his hands. And I'm not afraid he's going to uh, 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 make a boner. Well,
0: unless he's driving, unless he's driving. Layup. Not,
1: yes. Yes. That's the only thing. Uh, we've seen it. Loose balls, finds the open man in transition. You know that's uh, my pet peeve. Yes, 100%. It's going to work on it, but he's more of a shooter at this point. Um, Wide open know. layup,
0: let me pass yeah. the ball. To <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, that's an issue. But uh, he's definitely got the range, man. And I'm rooting for him yep. because this is another find by our scouting staff. And I'm I'm getting a little perturbed, Gerald. That you know, every, Wood, and, every... Wood, and,
2: you add Wood and Hodges, three-point shooting. And, and don't, forget, don't forget Prince. Um, he, All of a sudden, he, you know, and LeBron and AD are better shooters than they've shown. They're better three-point shooters, both of them, than they've shown. This whole team is, you know, it's –
1: it's going to be, a farm, and, going to be a another 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 important uh, part of that. Tom is that uh, Wood, in the right situation, has proven he can be a he could shoot over fifty percent from the field. Right now, we're 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 kind of lucky here because the Lakers have a player at every position who shoots at least fifty percent from the field. Reeves shoots fifty percent as a guard. Rui has shot over fifty percent since his time as a Laker. LeBron and AD both shoot over fifty percent, and you add in Jackson Hayes. That's five guys now on the roster that yeah. shoot over fifty percent. If you add Wood, I would I would argue you're potentially adding a sixth guy. That's almost half of your team that What's shoots a, what over fifty percent. What, 50% a, what, 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 what Wood
2: brings us offensively is something we just don't have, you know, which is that that pure like Carmelo Anthony type scorer in his prime, you know, that's really what he's like. He can actually go off for you like that and win games. Um, And there's probably not another player who can do as much for us as far as floor spacing right now than would, you know, I mean, I'd take Bertans if I had to, he doesn't add anything to defense, but I'd put that sucker in the corner and play four on four for the whole game, you know, um, because you just can't leave a guy who shoots forty-three percent from the corner all alone. You know, there's no way you can leave him. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of the wild cards come through. How good, how good is our coaching staff will really be a test this year because we really challenge them with, with two very challenging situations in Reddish and, and uh, Hayes to see if they can pull them through. And if we give them wood on top of it,
1: wow. Go ahead, Sean. Yes. uh, I was going to add something onto that, Tom. I think he made a small move for staff, but I think it's really important. And um, I know a lot of people aren't going to make much of it, but adding Damari Carroll onto his staff, very important, significant for two reasons. One, uh, they have history together. Damari Carroll was still playing in Atlanta when Darvin Hamm was an assistant coach. Um, bringing him on, Gerald. We talked about this throughout the se- throughout the year. There were times when there were uh, specific moments where he could use an ear, uh, another voice in his ear, to tell him, "Hey, Dar- D, this guy has five fouls. We need to get him out of the game." I think bringing somebody on like Damari Carroll who understands Darvin Ham, Another former player. Exactly. We it's, don't have other former players. It's, it's somebody it. who can pick his brain or understands what he's trying to do. I think great that point. was a great, great point, point, John. Great point. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's been a
0: great conversation. I truly appreciate Laker Tom stopping by LakerHolics.com. It uh, looks like the dust has settled on the situation between him and Jamie and LakerHolics.com. We'll continue. I know the shout-outs by Jamie calling Laker Tom a a Maverick fan in disguise and all that stuff. I think that's water under the bridge. I know as they get testy from time to time, and that's why people love it. That's why your site, Tom, has gotten a lot of uh, great uh, interest from our crowd here at Lakers Fast Break, and they've actually stopped by to check it out, and they've been waiting for you guys to go at it once again. So before we end it out, my friend, despite all the – the, the discourse between you and Jamie, what are you working on right now at Lakerholics.com?
2: Well, I'm trying to, I've, I've spent a lot of time recently just going over what the Lakers are going to do strategically because I think there's a, there's definitely a desire and there has been for the last couple of years of going back to the two bigs lineups that we had, especially during the regular season. The idea that, you know, having a guys like who can, like, like, uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee eat up minutes during the regular season and give a second big on the court all the time uh, to take workload off of Anthony Davis, allow Davis to let us close out games at the five and not have to play it other than that. So it ends up splitting it up. And I I think that they wanted to do that last year. The problem was that the two centers that they brought in, uh, uh, Jones and, and Bryant, neither one of them could do the job and so they ended up having to revert to putting 80 at the five. Well, this year they're back with the same old story that okay, we want to we'd like to get a we'd like to get two bigs out there, you know. And that's one of the reasons we got Jackson Hayes. Um, but they look at Jackson Hayes uh, even though he did shoot better from 3 two years ago than LeBron and AD because he shot 35%. Um, and LeBron is like 32% and 80, 26% or something like that. Um, so, But they look at Jackson Hayes as more of a Dwight Howard mode of center, the defensive, you know, rebounder, low-post guy. So the big discussion, I think, is going to come, even if they don't get wood, I happen to think that what we're going to see a lot of testing in in training camp and in preseason is the two bigs, probably with Jackson Hayes, you know, being playing center and Anthony Davis playing power forward. Um, and I think they'll see some opportunity for Hayes to shoot threes. Now, if we get wood, obviously, then I think we'll see wood in that. I don't think it's a sure conclusion that Rui Hachimura is not going to be the starter, the fifth starter. Um, I think people are sort of, I still think people just really have not adjusted to what hopefully is the new Rui, the guy who, you know, after he came to the Lakers because he's been lights out as a shooter and attacking the basket and even his defense I thought has been dramatically improved over, you know, everything we saw before. And when you think about the need of playing two bigs aside from the fact that you've got LeBron James in there messing up, whether it's a power forward or, or small forward, Achimura's showed ability to play defense as a center, your position defense as a center, that he could be the second big in a, in in a sense. And so I'm not, I'm not ready to give up and say that jackson hayes is going to be the second big i think gotcha murray could be that second big in that lineup um you know you still have the challenge of what do you do when the other forward is actually murray and, and and you don't have a defender to take the guy that lebron james might have to take but then the other side of the story is maybe maybe lebron doesn't want to shoot as much maybe lebron doesn't want to score as much I mean, I've come out and said very publicly that I'd love to see the Lakers put a 30 minutes per game ceiling on LeBron and AD's minutes during a regular season. They can change it if it's a close game, and you know, or if it's a big game against a critical opponent. But I'd like to see them just really reduce their workload intentionally during the whole season. You know, not make them play back to backs and not make them, you know, do all do it these during all-
0: those NBA Cup games, so that they don't have to go to Las Vegas and uh, yeah. do all mm-hmm. that. It, my, as much listen, as I love would love to have them here in
2: Vegas. The more you rely on other people and the less you rely on your superstars, the more diverse you are as a team and the more dangerous you are as a team, and the better you will be when it comes to the postseason with a rested team that, that has expanded. I'd like to see a I'd like to see a bigger rotation during the regular season than than we normally use 12, 13 players, you know. Um Conventional so in, wisdom
0: says I, I would I conventional wisdom says as much as I would love the Lakers to be here during that NBA Cup thing, that's an extra game that you do not need to have AD in yeah. the ball to play.
2: Yeah, so. right.
0: So although oh, I would I, disagree that I, I
2: think that they've done a pretty good job of putting together something that could possibly work as a mid season tournament. I mean, I thought it had no chance before. I I think now that they've made those games be counting as regular season games, that really solved a lot of the problem. It's that 83rd game that doesn't seem right. You know, I just think, especially if somebody,
0: what if somebody gets injured in that game? It's already said that. Yep. That's what I said. Somebody gets into that game that that's going to be blow up in their face, but I will tell you though, I disagree with you on Jackson Hayes, Jackson Hayes should be focusing on what Jackson Hayes needs to do again. uh, You know, the the concerning thing is his block shots for a guy that has athleticism is just not there. He needs to go ahead and, and uh, you know, be the defensive rim protector that we hopefully can get out of him, especially because he's still early and young, but you try to put him as a stretch five. I think you're asking for a whole lot of trouble. Mm. He had one year. He has less than one attempt for all the games, you know, averages one attempt mm-hmm. or less mm-hmm. for for his entire career. He had one season where he was 20 of 57. His I'm, problem I'm not history, bet on that.
2: Well, I've watched a lot. I, let me start by saying I never hardly watched any of Jackson Hayes until he became a Laker, but I've watched a lot of the, the tape on him from previous years. And the thing that jumps out about him as a player is that and, and, and most of this comes from an, from analysts who have talked about his defense. His problem is not that he doesn't block shots or he, he doesn't have the ability to block shots. it's that he doesn't have the attention span to stay at, focused on defending an entire series. So he loses he loses contact with the player he loses contact with the game you know and it's it's a it's that typical thing that you know I'm an offensive player man. I'm just trying to defense is waiting until I got the ball again. You know, he's that type of attitude player. So this is where you hope that a change of environment, a a reckoning with your career possibilities, you know, where you all of a sudden got a wake-up call, uh, and let's say some good coaching and, and mentorship from players like LeBron James can get a guy back on path, because that's really what we're gambling on. Because it's not a question of the guy's skill. Nobody's questioning Cam Reddish has the ability to be an outstanding NBA player or that Jackson Hayes does, or that Christian Wood does. That's not the issue with these three guys. The issue with these three guys is, can you fit this role that we give you, that this coach gives you and do this for the team? Because that's what we need to win. You do that. And then we'll let you do some other things, but you've got to do that first and you got to learn to do that first. Cause that's your job. Just like, just like your job is to do this and your job's to do that. And when you go to work, your job's to do that. Everybody's got responsibilities and you have to live up to them. And you can't until you accomplish those basic responsibilities, you're not going to get a bigger offer, a better offer or more responsibilities. So we start doing the right things. So hopefully we've got the environment where they can all three of them start to do the right things. And if all three of them did the right things, we'd probably win the championship this year. If we get two out of three of them, I think we'll win the championship. If we get one out of three of them, we'll make the finals. If we strike out on all three of them, we'll make the conference finals again.
0: There you go, indeed. But go ahead and check out Laker Tom's thoughts every day right there at lakerholics.com. Plus, also, please follow him on Twitter. You know he's got some crazy trade proposals already. Despite the fact that most of the players that can be traded can't be traded until December fifteenth or later, that doesn't stop Laker Tom. At I just all. had a I
2: just had a post the other day that went uh, hundred and fifty million.
0: Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying these players can't like JB says these players can't be traded till December or January. So that, that doesn't stop you at all, my friend. You got the initiative. Go oh well, for it, no, God. you know what? That
2: just makes me make a trade up just for out of out of. Vengeance, you know, a spite. To I hate the people who basically say, "God, can't you let the, the guys at least have a chance to play for three months before we trade them? Just looking for the best option for the Lakers. There you well, go. The worst thing to do is to try to tell somebody what not to write.
1: No, I was going to say, Hey, if, if if uh, you know, if uh, if anybody doesn't like it, they could go whistle and kick rocks. It's it's Tom Sight, he can do what he wants. And uh, besides, besides the fact that. The funniest, the funniest story about the trade machine is from Bobby Marks because, unfortunately, he had to deal with the trade machine on a professional level, drill When Mikhail Prokhorov uh, owned the then New Jersey Nets and they became the Brooklyn Nets, Prokhorov loved to drink vodka with a fellow oligarch and come up with trade suggestions. So Bobby Marks used to say that they would have some assistant going to Staples about every four hours because him and his buddy would just randomly fly like 300 trade proposals at Bobby Mark and they would actually have to discuss these Gerald with him while he was under the influence of vodka. And a lot of the conversations did not go well. I can imagine so,
0: but remember that's him. Billy King, I think was his boss. Yes. 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 If I remember correctly. So it is though Laker Tom go ahead and follow up today at Laker Tom on Twitter. And of course, Lakerholics.com. I do want to mention again, for those who did not hear and do not see what's going on as far as what I have scheduled at 6 PM Pacific time, Uh, stone hansen's coming by Uh, he's going to talk about what's going on with him uh his future in basketball but also as well what he saw with the lakers at summer league and of course his thoughts for lakers uh during the course of the season i'm hoping i can go ahead and uh you know hear some good news out of this but uh i want to hear some his thoughts you know on the lakers season going forward and i hope it will not be the last time we hear from stone hansen so We'll find out for sure coming up here at 6 p.m. today. So great to have Laker Tom here. Uh, great to have Sean here, the Magic Man. The Lakerholics from old, are we here back again like old times? Where's Jamie Sweet? He's probably suffering from heat stroke Why out Why would anybody go to
2: Arizona right now? I don't know. I it's got... been
1: like has it been like 25 straight days where it's like 120 out really? there? what are you going yeah.
2: to Arizona for?
1: I
0: don't know. He goes out there. a yeah, the uh,
2: Fish concert or something. I thought that was their last concert. I thought they were
0: dead. I, I, Burning man, I, the hippie man. Yeah, something like that. You know him. He's he's a hippie at heart. So, you know, he, I don't know. It's hotter there than it is here. And I can't stand the heat here. So that tells you something right there. But is the Lakers fast break. I truly appreciate it. Again, please, for those watching live, go ahead and check us out at 6 p.m. for a very heartfelt conversation with Stone Hansen. Hopefully looking forward to that.
2: Give, yeah, give Stone our best.
0: I will, and hopefully, it will not be the, the last time we get a chance to see him or talk to him because again, he you know, he's always talked on this show about his future in, in basketball. Uh, you know, it's he's making some major decisions in his life. So hopefully we'll go ahead and hear good things from Stone when he comes up later today. So for Laker Tom, Lakerholics.com, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and Magic Man Sean Grice, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. We'll be back here. If you're watching live, we'll be back here in a little over three hours talking more great Lakers basketball right here on Lakers Weekend and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.